Hello there, faithful listener. You've tuned in to season seven of the Bible Explained podcast. So make sure to grab your cup of coffee because today we are going to be discussing the book of First Samuel. Hello and good morning, friends and faithful listeners, and happy Monday. I hope you all had a really fantastic weekend this past weekend. And since today is Monday, for those of you who are new on the podcast, I do an Old Testament episode on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And so today we are in the Old Testament and we are going to be talking about 1 Samuel chapter 2. But before I get into today's episode, I just want to say today is the first day ever of me using my new podcast setup. I actually got like a boom mic stand for my podcast and the mic now is not on the desk. It's like suspended, you know, and this is great because I am flailing my arms like all over the place right now and it's not touching my microphone. It's amazing. Like I can actually move my arms and I am very much moving my arms right now (laughs) and it's wonderful. And so I'm hoping that this new mic setup is going to actually protect my mic more from both my arms knocking it across the room and also bandit pulling the cords out because he often does that. He will regularly walk underneath my desk because I have a little bed for him under there. And sometimes the cord gets like caught on his foot and he just brings the entire setup down. So now hopefully my mic is protected with this new setup. So let me know how it sounds because it is it is a different setup and I'm still trying to figure out the sound quality with it. So yeah, just let me know. Let me know how it sounds. But okay, let's read 1 Samuel chapter 2 today, verses 1 through 11. And we're going to be talking about Hannah's prayer. I'll be reading this out of the W.E.B. as I always do. Hannah prayed and she said, My heart exalts in Yahweh. My horn is exalted in Yahweh. My mouth is enlarged over my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is no one as holy as Yahweh. There is no one besides you nor is there any rock like our God. Don't keep talking so exceedingly proudly. Don't let arrogance come out of your mouth, for Yahweh is a God of knowledge. By him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty men are broken. Those who stumbled are armed with strength. Those who are full have hired themselves out for bread. Those who are hungry are satisfied. Yes, the barren has borne seven, and she who has many children languishes. Yahweh kills and he makes alive. He brings down to Sheol and brings up. Yahweh makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and he also lifts up. He raises up the poor out of the dust and he lifts up the needy from the dunghill to make them sit with princes and inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are Yahweh's. He has set the world on them. He will keep the feet of his holy ones, but the wicked will be put to silence in darkness for no man will prevail by strength. Those who strive with Yahweh shall be broken to pieces. He will thunder against them in the sky. Yahweh will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Elkanah went to Ramah to his house. The child served Yahweh before Eli the priest. So for those of you who didn't tune in to the last episodes I did about Hannah, you might be a little bit confused about what is happening here. So I do recommend going back and listening. But just to recap, you know, Hannah was the second wife of this guy named Elkanah. OK, so Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and this other girl named Panina. And so Panina hated Hannah. OK, probably because of the whole two wives thing that is going on in the family. 
So Panina did not like Hannah and Panina had many children when Hannah had none. And so Panina all the time, whenever she got a chance, would make fun of Hannah for not having any kids. And she'd be like, huh, you know, look at all the kids I have, Hannah, you have zero. And so Hannah was very distraught over this, obviously, because she desperately wanted a child. She had an urge that was very common to women to become a mother. And plus, on top of that, Hannah had to share her husband with another woman. So she doesn't even get her full husband. So you can see how upset and distraught she was. So she goes to the temple and she prays and she makes this vow to God. She says, God, if you will give me a son, then I will dedicate him to you. Meaning that her son would become almost like a priest. He would become an assistant to the priest. He would be left at the temple to serve and to live at the temple. And so that's what she tells God. She's like, God, please give me a son. I will give him back to you. So God actually grants her request. God remembers her. And after a while, we don't know how long, God allows her to have a child. And so she names the little boy Samuel, which means heard by God. So at the end of the last chapter where we left off, Hannah is taking little Samuel, who is a young child at this point, to the temple to fulfill her vow. She is ready to leave little Samuel at the temple, basically for the rest of his life. So you can imagine how distraught, in a way, Hannah was to have to leave her only son at the temple when she didn't have any other sons at all. She didn't have any other children at this time period. And we don't know how old Samuel was. Samuel could have been like four or five years old. And so during that time period, Hannah, again, still wasn't getting pregnant, still wasn't having any other children. So you can imagine this was a test of her faith for her to actually fulfill this vow and believe that God was going to take care of little Samuel and take care of her as well. So Hannah prays and she says, my heart exalts in Yahweh. My horn is exalted in Yahweh. And what's so beautiful about that is that Samuel is literally being dropped off at the temple right now. And Hannah is praying to Yahweh and saying her heart exalts in Yahweh. When I'm sure she is crying, I'm sure she is very sad and very distraught and very upset in a way. But yet she's still saying her heart exalts in Yahweh because, because Yahweh gave her what she asked for. And then the next part says, my horn is exalted in Yahweh. And what that means is the idea of a horn in these days was kind of like symbolizing strength. So, you know, horn is is blown in battle. The horn would be like the strong part of the oxen, right? So she's just saying that her strength is in Yahweh. Then she says, my mouth is enlarged over my enemies. And this part is really funny because she's basically saying that she is smiling at her enemies. And who was her enemy? It was Panina and anybody else that made fun of Hannah during that time period when she had no children. Because back in these days, having no children was kind of like really looked down on. You know, you were looked at like you were cursed or something along those lines because you had no children. And I can imagine it was more than Panina making fun of Hannah or looking down at Hannah. It could have been Hannah's own family, potentially. And, you know, something I've realized is that there are a lot of Paninas in the world and you don't have to go very far to find a Panina. You just have to go on Facebook, basically, or any other social media platform ever to find a Panina because Paninas are the people that criticize you for no reason and the people that brag about what they have and post like pictures on social media. 
There are a lot of paninas in the world. And yet, Hannah is saying here that she is smiling at the paninas of the world. You know, they can brag all they want over what they have, but Hannah was truly blessed by God, and she knew that she was truly blessed by God. So she was just letting all that stuff roll off her back now, and she's smiling at her enemies. And you know, when you think of smiling at your enemies, it's almost as if you're not offended by them any longer. There's nothing they can do to offend you because you know the blessings that God has given you. So she's no longer paying attention to the paninas, right? So she says, because I rejoice in your salvation. So she can smile at her enemies because God has saved her, is what she says. There is no one as holy as Yahweh. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Once again, this is almost like that Hebrew poetry that we can see here where she's saying a very similar phrase, but in a different way each time. You know, God is very holy. There is no one that is like God. There is no rock like our God. She says in verse three and four, don't keep talking so proudly. Don't let arrogance come out of your mouth. And that's so true. And I can imagine, you know, Hannah is thinking of Panina and other people who were very arrogant toward her for the entire time. I can imagine she's thinking about those people because she says, stop talking so proudly. Don't let arrogance come out of your mouth because Yahweh is the God of knowledge. By him, actions are weighed. So in other words, because God is so holy and because he is so filled with wisdom, none of us really have a place to be proud or arrogant because God is so above us in every single way possible. So she's saying, don't be arrogant any longer. She says, because the bows of the mighty men are broken. And then she goes into all these other things. She says, those who stumble are armed with strength. Those who are full have hired themselves out for bread. Those who are hungry are now satisfied. And yes, the barren has borne seven. And she who has many children languishes. Because God is so above us in every single way possible, God can change someone's situation immediately. And this reminds me of the parable, actually, that Jesus stated. There was a parable of this very, very rich man in the New Testament who had tons of land and tons of grain. And so this rich man decides that he's going to put all this grain up into these storehouses and just enjoy the rest of his life in comfort, not helping anybody, not taking care of anybody, and just, you know, basking in his own glory. And in the parable, God actually tells the man, tonight your life is required of you because of what you have done, because you have given me no glory, because I've given you so many blessings, because you are arrogant, because you don't help other people with what I have given you. Tonight, your life is required of you. And so Hannah's prayer reminds me of that parable where God gives everything in life. Every single thing that we have or we own has been a gift from God. It says in scripture that every good thing, every good gift rather, has come down from God from heaven for us. So every single good thing we have on earth is from God, whether that be money, our family, our homes, our health, all these things are from God. So nothing we have 
ultimately came from us. Every single thing came from from God. So we need to glorify God through the things that he has given us, firstly. And secondly, because everything belongs to God, God can take it away at a moment's notice. He can change a situation immediately. Like I just stated in that parable, all of a sudden that man's life in that parable was required of him. He was going to die that very night because of all the evil he had done in his lifetime. God can change a person's situation immediately. And this is what Hannah says. The bows of the mighty men are broken. So these mighty men who put a lot of trust in their weapons and their own strength, all of a sudden their bow and arrows are broken. But those who stumbled are armed with strength. So these people who are poor and had no strength whatsoever, God gave them strength because they were a humble individual. Verse five, those who are full have hired themselves out for bread. So those who are arrogant, who have so much, who don't thank God for what they have, suddenly they're hiring themselves out for bread. God changed their situation immediately. But yet those who are hungry are now satisfied. And yes, the barren, the barren woman had seven children. So this woman who is previously thought of as cursed or as barren suddenly bears children. She has many children, but then the woman who has many children languishes. And I can imagine Hannah's thinking of Panina here. You know, Panina, who's making fun of Hannah for Hannah's infertility. Panina now, who has many children, is potentially languishing because Hannah had a child herself. Who knows? So now in verses 6 through 10 to continue on. Yahweh kills and he makes alive. He brings down to Sheol and he brings up. So Sheol is not necessarily hell. It just means the grave. And Hannah here is just expressing her point further that, you know, God gives and he takes away. He gives life. He takes life away because everything belongs to God. Yahweh makes poor and he makes rich. He brings low. He lifts up. He raises the poor out of the dust. He lifts up the needy from the dunghill to make them sit with the princes and inherit the throne of glory. All of this is talking about how God loves humility. And he truly does. God truly loves a humble heart. In fact, in the, in the book of Proverbs, it actually says that one of the things that God hates the most is a proud look. God can't stand pridefulness in the heart because pridefulness is believing in one's own greatness. And because none of us are truly great, God hates that because we are supposed to be looking to God and God's greatness, not our own greatness, because ultimately we really have done nothing, right, to achieve what, what we have. Every single thing, like I said earlier, was given to us by God. And you know what? It's not just God that hates arrogance. The majority of people in the world dislike an arrogant person. There's something about arrogance that just makes a person very entitled, right? So very few people really like arrogance or like people who act arrogantly. So Hannah is praying in this prayer, just stop being arrogant because everything we have is from God. So we need to glorify God for the things that we have. And we need to be humble before God because God blesses humility, but he does not bless arrogance. 
He will keep the feet of his holy ones. The wicked will be put to silence in darkness for no man will prevail by strength. In other words, no man will prevail by his own strength. No man will go forward in life because of his own strength. Everything is from God. To conclude in verse 10 and 11, those who strive with Yahweh shall be broken to pieces. He will thunder against them in the sky. This means that anybody who tries to fight against Yahweh, anybody who tries to fight against God's plans, they will be broken into pieces. And you know, God's mercy is really great. And you can see that here, like nowadays, <laughs> with how much evil is all over the place that you can just see is happening. And yet God is being extremely merciful and being extremely kind to people. And I think it's a big misconception that God just like strikes people dead all the time. Because first and foremost, in the Old Testament, it doesn't happen that often. It happens very, very rarely. And secondly, nowadays, if God just struck people dead all the time, I feel like we would see more of that now, but we don't. And that's because God is extremely, extremely merciful. But at a certain point, because God is merciful, but he's also justice, eventually that justice is going to uh, catch up with somebody. It's going to catch up with the person who is doing evil things. So a man who is purposefully fighting against Yahweh, doing the wrong thing, laughing at God, mocking God, worshiping other idols, whatever it might be, eventually they will be broken to pieces. It might not be in this lifetime, but it will definitely be in the lifetime to come. He will thunder against them in the sky. So God's justice eventually will come out. Yahweh will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. So, I mean, this is, this is beautiful because Hannah now is prophesying about Jesus. And I don't even know if Hannah knew she was prophesying about Jesus, but she is. She's saying, Yahweh will judge the ends of the earth. He'll give strength to his king. That means Jesus. Because there was no king of Israel at this time period. Right now, Eli was actually the judge of Israel. So who was Hannah talking about here? She's talking about Jesus. She's prophesying about Jesus who hasn't even come into the earth yet. But she says, Yahweh will give him strength and he will be exalted and anointed. So then after all this, Hannah, you know, makes this beautiful prayer to Yahweh, this beautiful poem slash prayer to Yahweh. And now she leaves Samuel behind at the temple. It says, Elkanah went back to his home in Ramah, and the child served Yahweh before Eli the priest. So Hannah leaves her child there. This, this took a huge amount of faith from Hannah to be able to do this, to be able to leave her child at the temple. And yet she did it. And I think that the reason she was able to do it was because she saw that God could give her one child. And even though many years had passed and she didn't have any more children, she believed in God's plan. And who knows, maybe she had faith that she would have more children as well, more children that she would be able to raise. But either way, Hannah's faith was very great. And she was a good songwriter too, or a good poem writer rather. And her poem, I think, really applies to the modern way of living, where we are here in America so consumed with consumerism <laughs> and we we don't think much about God we don't think much about who gave us the stuff that we have 
we don't think about how God can take those blessings away anytime he wants to. And even though God, once again, is so merciful and might not take those blessings away, he could take those blessings away from you or from me. And so we have to humble ourselves before God, I think, a lot more than we do. And the best way to humble yourself before God is to just be thankful. Because when we're thankful for what God has given us, we recognize that it was God that gave us those things and it wasn't by our own power. So that's the best way, I think, to start changing your viewpoint is to just be thankful to God specifically. Just say to God, God, thank you for every single thing that I have right here. So anyway, faithful listeners, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let me know how the sound quality was because I would really like to know what I can fix moving forward with my my new mic setup. But guys, I will see you all in the next episode. Don't forget to check out all the links in the description of this podcast episode. And I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. Happy listening and God 